Welcome to A Paradox Life. We're two doctors, living large, living small. We're talking about our experiences, things we know a lot about, and things we're completely clueless about. Hopefully, it's going to be entertaining and help all of us know a little bit more about this paradox life. Dr. Laura Beatty. And it's a paradox life. And today we have a special guest and it is, she is Ava Beatty, their kid. <laughs> Hi, special guest. Hello. <laughs> Our one and only child. It's me. Mm -hmm. Welcome to the studio. Thanks for coming in. Actually, Anytime. Of course. A, the a, studio, a.k.a. Dr. Mark Beatty's office. There we go. <laughs> so professional. Yep. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, we were hoping to have a little conversation about family life and uh, maybe Ava can enlighten folks on what it's like growing up with a couple of doctors. Yeah. Yeah. And her take on the paradox. Yeah. Life. Yeah. Right before she runs off to Europe. She's yeah. about to go to Europe for a semester. I am. Very excited to visit her in Prague. Of course. Yay. Looking forward to it. Um, yeah, but, um, <laughs> well, you want us to give us, give you some guidance. Yeah. You well, can, I'll you start, can start with why. So a lot of people ask me when they yeah. find out we have a daughter, Oh, yeah. is she going into medicine too? No. And I say, no. Um, yeah. So. I mean, to be fair, I don't really know exactly what I'm going into yet, but I never was into the whole surgery like vaccines. I was always freaked out as a kid by, you know, my dad doing Botox in the kitchen and, you know, seeing my mom draw his blood. You can tell your vampire story <laughs> if you please. That's a great one. Oh, yes. Um, but I think the closest I ever got to being interested in medicine was when I was hooked on Grey's Anatomy. Um, and that's about it. So I do. Remember. Yeah, I definitely remember yeah. that. That it was, was a quite uh, it was an intense phase. I yeah. thought, I, I think all of us like middle schoolers and freshmen in high school thought that we were the equivalent to doctors because we had seen <laughs> so much Grey's, Grey's Anatomy. Anatomy. Yeah. No, but I mean, that's one thing about having doctors for parents. I was always the friend that people went to asking what's wrong with me. And I was like, Oh, it's probably this. Oh, it might be this. Maybe your cold turned into a sinus infection. You should probably get an antibiotic, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Just, knowing I remember, well that's that's very interesting that well, you were I, the go-to for yeah. free medical advice yeah, at school or, or, and so i was and so and you're, it was, and, and you're just making all this crap up i was not making all of it well up. she probably would ask us a question i would right? i yeah. totally would took some notes she was she was you know, getting fees from her uh, friends. No. Oh, sure, for fifteen dollars. No, it was not paid. It was, <laughs> you know, I was just, I just. I do recall the one of the nurses, I believe, early on at Woodward. She would go pretty regularly, and at one point, she had abdominal pain, and they were asking her some questions, and she was answering them. Like, well, it hurts here when I push. I've already had an appendectomy. I've tried this. I've done that. I don't have a fever. And, and I remember you telling me that the, the, the nurse sort of looked at you quizzically and said, 
What do your parents do? <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't surprise yeah. me all that much. That doesn't surprise me. And you were like, well, they're physicians. And she nodded knowingly like, yes, I've had a few of you in my office before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've always been relatively good at self-examination just because, you know, I was never the one who had a cold or had even just a low-grade fever and would get to stay home from school because mm -hmm. it just didn't happen. I mean... You, I would wake up in the morning and be like, Mom, I'm sick. And you say, no, you're not. You're going to school. Mm -hmm. So unless yeah. it was really the only thing I got off on was a really bad migraine, which I had to deal with every now and then. But you missed a few right. days for your appendectomy. Yeah, that, yeah, one, that, that, that one. happened. But that was third grade. So Well, we kind of tried to make her go I to did, school I for, did, for, did, yes. for that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a little bit of a It was a rough night. <laughs> <laughs> almost a miss on my part yeah <laughs> i do remember um the oh shoot i lost my train of thought that's okay completely <clears throat> that's what editing is for <laughs> <laughs> what were we just you can go about? back and, and yeah, we can uh, take this chunk out good chanel take this chunk out when you're editing thank you chanel um Queen chanel. Shoot, totally lost um, oh oh i do I do want to go back to the beginning when you said you were never into vaccines, just yeah. to clarify for our listeners that that means you didn't like vaccines yes. because you've had all of your vaccines. I yes. don't want anyone listening to this <laughs> that is podcast. True. That is very true. I've had <laughs> all my, my daughter was allowed to not have vaccines. Yeah. Some of them she had sitting on my lap, kicking and screaming, but yes. she's had all of her vaccines. I have. Indeed. <laughs> yes. I have not gotten away from any of that, even no matter how badly I wanted to. Yeah, um, I think point being, you're scared of needles. Yes, hate needles. Even I had a procedure four, no, five days ago, and I had to get an IV. And my dad said that I went gray while I was sitting in the chair while waiting for that. Yeah, so, it was definitely your most difficult part. Yeah, it was of the entire the, experience. Yeah, it freaked me out. That's for sure. And Not, from a gray's anatomy standpoint, another quick story that I remember. And I did tell several people when they would ask, is she, is she going to be a doctor? And I said, if she does, it's because of Grey's Anatomy, not not because of you guys, <laughs> because yeah. of us. Yeah. But I do remember at one point sitting at the dinner table when you said, well, if I do go into medicine, I'm going to do something exciting, not anything like what you two do. <laughs> yeah, that was probably a little offensive at the time. My apologies. <laughs> It's yeah. like, okay, okay, Miss Trauma Surgeon in the making. Yeah, we'll there's see no how way. far that goes. Yeah. It didn't go very yeah. far, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Well. But I do also remember talking about being, because Mark and I were chief residents the same year. We were both at the end of our residency the same year, and we were chief residents, and you knew that term. Because from Grey's Anatomy, Grey's Anatomy yeah. we were walking down Peachtree Street to grab dinner. And when we were mentioning something about being chief residents, you your eyes lit up and you're like, wow, all of a sudden we, yeah. you know, we, you, you we elevated in you your did. eyes at, again. As, as if that were something really cool. And, <laughs> you know, not being extra work piled on top of a bunch of work already. Yeah. So. It was a lot of work, but yes. it was fun. So tell us a little bit about you, Ava, and growing up in our household. How, um, I don't know, things that you remember that stand out to you that uh, maybe why you chose what you're now going into, whether mm -hmm. it leads you down a career path or not. Well, um, I 
am now majoring in music business at NYU. And I think a big part of the reason for that is because of um, the prevalence of music in the household. And also my dad was just super into it since day dot, I think. Um, and visiting, being younger and visiting WRFL, the radio station that he started in med school or helped to start kind of. Before yeah. med school, Before actually. Med school, but, well, yeah. Let me get my But yes, yeah, so you got it. But um, just being really exposed to music, it was always, I mean, baby's first Chopin put me to sleep like that. And I've always just had a really strong connection to music. And I started playing piano when I was three. And um, I decided to major in it in college. And now I'm learning music theory and all those fun things. So definitely a different college experience than either of my parents had. That's for sure. Definitely I'm not doing biology. But one of my best friends is a neuro neuroscience major, now turned psych major, actually. She just changed. But I could not manage that workload, just seeing her trajectory. Yeah, a little, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then um, another friend of mine is majoring in chemistry and just seeing like what all, all you guys had to do is oh, it's a lot. But um, being raised by two doctors and like, I don't think it makes really that big of a difference. I think the main thing is really just you guys were busier um, than most. Some of your friends' yeah. parents. Yeah, I, some, can I feel like see some that. parents were more, just around more. Even in high school, I would have weekends alone at the condo because you guys had a conference trip or you know, also, I think that that was just partially the dynamic that we had as a family, not even necessarily you guys having work all the time. But, um, you know, I had a really good nanny who took up a lot of the time and she was great. And um, we had family dinner every night. So it was never like a lack of yeah, anything. We were... It was there was always consistent effort yeah. as a family. And it was really I mean, from my perspective, everything was good. Yeah, I think as a, that we made that a priority, and absolutely, anytime we were in town, um, that yeah, family dinner happened, even though it was sometimes at some pretty late late times, hours. Yeah, it was could... still all sit down. And I remember you talking about how that differed from a lot of your yeah, friends. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of my athlete friends, a lot of you know people. When the kids and parents are both busy, you know, you're you're eating dinner at your desk while doing homework. And that just baffled me when I first, right. when I first heard some of my friends talking about that, I was like, cause I, I was so used to sit down at the dinner table and talk to your parents, Yeah, you know, and sometimes I didn't want to, I wanted to shell up in my room when I was 13, obviously, but I even through that, like I appreciate it a lot. And it's something that I'll make sure I do with my family because it's just a good day. It's a good way to unwind. And mm -hmm. just, you know, sure. hang out for a right. little bit, even if you're in a bad mood, you just talk. And, yeah. Mm -hmm. And you just turn it into something that has to be possible. Exactly. You know, even if it's inconvenient, which I think is what happens with Absolutely. a lot of families is, yeah. Yeah. Just, well, we don't want to make the little bit of extra effort that it takes to uh, to do that. It's so worth it, though. It's yeah. so worth it because it's it's small and, you know, yeah, I don't remember every family dinner that we ever had, but they're like, those are some of our funniest moments and memories and stuff. Conversations, conversations absolutely. go into some really odd places. Absolutely. And, and yeah, that's where I would, it's where I would learn things about them. And when I got, you know, older and more curious about like how they met or their college stories or high school stories, anything like that, my dad's relationship with his brothers, because I never had siblings, it's where I would kind of investigate a little bit more. And it was always really fun. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and we would have good conversations about uh, 
who knows our day or I think we I think we do a good job having some pretty interesting conversations. Yeah. Well, I think it was a pretty diverse upbringing for her, and it's not like it was some kind of strict physician, you know, monoclonal family thing. Yeah. It was, yeah, I, I, and and she can speak to that. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong, but I think it was a pretty pretty broad, open, diverse experience growing up. It was with us. Also, I mean, you guys is only it's not like your only passion or interest was medicine you know yeah. i you're, you kind of pushed the music passion onto me a bit but i accepted it and i loved it and it's yeah. now what i'm studying and you know when i was a kid i was way more open to reading and my mom loves to read and just i kind of adopted that a little bit more and the end of high school yeah, i yeah. found it again and i <laughs> now enjoy reading and like to go to the bookstore and she loves that but um and now that you're older, you enjoy my little mixology passion. I do. It's fun. <laughs> it's really fun. I get to be the the tester. I get to Ooh, test the drinks. So yeah. Take a break here. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. And we'll come back and let um, let Ava lead the conversation a little bit and talk about us. Oh my. Oh boy. This episode of A Paradox Life is brought to you by Beatty Facial Plastic Surgery, Atlanta's destination for outstanding injectable results. Our expert injectors, Dr. Mark Beatty, Dr. Celeste Nagy, and Gary Washington, nurse practitioner, have collectively over 40 years experience providing injectable services to patients with fillers and neurotoxins, assuring you are in the best hands for your injectable treatments. And we're back with Ava Beatty. It's me. I'm the kid. <laughs> for, for, for more Paradox Life. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to lead with this little story that I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, um, dubbed the vampire story. So I think I was, what, little, six, five, probably. five or six, um, terrified of needles, just as a reminder. <laughs> and I walked into my parents' bathroom and my mom was drawing my dad's blood. And that freaked me out. Probably lost my mind a little bit. Like, mom, what eyes are you doing? Big. Yeah, eyes got big. Mom, what are you doing? Like, you're hurting, whatever. And she, apparently, this is a... I don't remember it super well, but this is what I've been told. Um, but apparently she looks at me and is like, well, Ava, don't you know? I, I have to, you know, we have to take our blood every month and give it to the the, the dinosaur. <laughs> the vampire blood bank just so that they don't get mad at us, so they don't target us. And I just was like, you've got to be kidding me. My little five, six-year-old self was in shock um, to say the least. backwards. Yeah, yeah I was... I was a little freaked out by that one. So just, I, I loved it because Mark played right along too. He was like, yeah, you know, that way we all can get along in a society. Just, you know, do our little donation and they can keep them happy. Keep and, them happy. Yeah. 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 You know, then, yeah. So they found a way to make, um, I guess, living in a household of doctors kind of entertaining. <laughs> I think I got a little bit more of a realistic idea of what a life with vampires might be like compared to <laughs> compared to others but um no I think living with them and just like growing up with them they're 
personalities were very different even like when it came to mostly anything like <laughs> okay. I, mean, I mean i don't know <laughs> <laughs> that's good yeah i don't know where that's going i don't know but... either i don't know um that's okay i do know that you would go i mean we were pretty good at parenting together i think uh, absolutely early on mark was probably a little bit more permissive than i was and then later on i don't know maybe i was more than <clears throat> yeah. he was i felt like there was a little bit of a, a, a flip -flop. shift a little yeah. bit of a flip-flop yeah but, and he fair. was better at early ages of playing with you yeah. i would read but yeah he would actually sit down and play yeah which yeah i enjoyed that i remember yeah. i walked into a toy store with um a friend of mine the other day ellie and i saw those like wooden train tracks and like mm -hmm. those sets, and I just had a flashback to making those huge wooden created towns the, on like in yeah, the upstairs floor in, in your room, yeah, yeah. and did all it, around the upstairs. We did actually. it all around yeah. the upstairs. And yeah, I had so yeah. many of those. It was one of my favorite toys. And Ellie was like, "What were you a boy?" And I was like, "No, I just had cool toys. <laughs> I had I had a lot of toy cars. Like I was going through my treasure chest, and I found a bunch of those like retractable toy cars and stuff. That I remember we would play yep. with those quite a bit. Yep. I was oh, in, you found those. You found, I found uh, one of I, them. I had right one and um yeah so we had quite yeah a few... you per you had pretty high-end taste as i recall too yeah, when we go and get those did. cars i remember you definitely you had Porsches, you I had liked... a you had a yellow carrera yep. and you had a ferrari and i was, was never yeah, i was, was never like the one for were... the fire trucks the police cars i didn't care about that at all i was like right. sports cars yeah and you, yeah. my dad yeah yeah yeah, yeah there's true. a there's a legendary picture of me um, as a like infant, not an infant, but a baby driving the, they're not actually driving, but in the driver's seat of the, Porsche, of yeah. the Navy blue Porsche. And yeah. I now drive a Navy blue, blue Miata. Mazda Miata. So yeah. I, I just yeah. have an affinity for Navy blue sports cars, I yeah. guess. <laughs> yeah. But, um, no, I think I, I was also really good at playing with like, um, playing by myself too. Mm -hmm. You were I actually, I remember friends. that definitely that, yeah, you could occupy yourself pretty darn well. Yeah, for, absolutely. Yeah. Um, had a lot of imaginary friends. I enjoyed, I, the one thing that was, I enjoyed having somebody with me if I were outside, I always liked kind of being accompanied when mm -hmm. outside, but that's another thing that I think was done really well or that I really appreciate at least being in my generation is I think we're kind of the last kids that, were really outside because mm -hmm. we didn't have screens, video games, all that. I mean, we did. We played Xbox 360, but it was never my favorite. I had a leapfrog. It wasn't like I had an iPhone when I was 10. I mm -hmm. And I was able to go outside, ride bikes with Michelle. You guys caught us that one time without helmets and you're so mad. <laughs> Things like that. Like I was... And we had the creek in the backyard too, like digging for salamanders yeah. and all that stuff. Um, Spending time at the park. Absolutely. <laughs> and we did, uh, as a family, a lot of travel, I think. Mm -hmm. We exposed you to a lot of different places. Sometimes just the three of us, sometimes with family, sometimes allow you to bring a friend. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I think that, yeah. that yeah. you, or we were just in Jamaica and mm -hmm. on a bus ride, I heard you talking with someone on the back of the bus mm -hmm. about some of your travels. Yeah. And I, I just remember thinking, wow, she's really gone a lot of places. I have. Well, I've, I totally have. Yeah. I've thought about that for a long time. Mm -hmm. I mean, you had been more places by the time you were five than, than. I had been 
in college. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. No, it, but you are, and you were always very, you were a good traveler as far back as I can remember. You yeah. enjoyed it and, um, like to yeah, make friends was, and meet people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The two extroverts that I would travel with, I would yeah. be pulled into conversations with lots of that you had people. no desire to be a part of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was definitely, I was good at, at talking to, pretty much anyone when yeah. I was younger I think mm-hmm. growing up socially it's I, I'm still good at it but I think I was better at it when I was a kid honestly um, I wonder how much uh, COVID played a role in it I think it played a big role for everybody yeah, I mean, especially there her was age range so yeah, COVID shut down everything down when you were junior right? yeah junior, yeah uh, junior in high school and I I mean I remember i freshman year of or no at the beginning of junior year of high school I took the 16 personalities test and my extroverted skill I think it was 88 percent extroverted and I took it in my junior year English class that's why I know I took it so I took it at the beginning of that school year and then I remember at the end of COVID I took it again and I was 67 percent extroverted or something so there right. was there was a shift <clears throat> there was and a I noticeable could, change I could tell too because I was also forced to kind of relearn how to enjoy my alone time and then I started to a lot more I think mm-hmm. I became a little bit of a recluse because of it for a little bit but it was it wasn't entirely negative I don't think no um, I think it helped it helped you learn that you can be alone and yeah. enjoy, enjoyed doing some of the things that maybe you did when you were a lot younger that you'd kind of forgotten about with your music and journaling and reading. Yeah. Reading for sure. That's the big one that I kind of rediscovered during COVID. Um, but just learning how to enjoy time with myself. And I think the transition to college was definitely difficult, um, at first for me, cause I kind of forgot how to talk to strangers because even at high school, even with COVID, those were all people that I've known for eight for plus. a long time. That's forever. a good, that's know, a good point. You know, yeah. and I honestly, it, from age probably I, I don't I wasn't exposed to many new people since the age of like 13 probably yeah travel exactly yeah. so I yeah. the going to college it was it was rough I mean it wasn't rough but it was it was difficult well, I, I think that's a big transition to, to everybody for everybody though. and I think it particularly was for your group going mm-hmm. through because I mean even now the the world is relearning how to interact face-to-face socially. I mean, we just are because we all sat in our homes for, you know, a year and a half and and all that was severely restricted. So I think it was particularly difficult for you guys. Yeah. And Um, I do think we talked about it a bit, your first six weeks in college. And I remember telling you that, that it was easier for you than it, is for so many others because mm-hmm. of your personality. Yeah. And that if you could kind of lead that charge, you yeah. would somehow make it more comfortable for others other to do the same. And right. you somehow, you know, I don't know who kind of led your group, but you've somehow made that happen at NYU. You yeah. have a great group of friends. I've met many of them. They, Pretty much all of they them. Call yeah. me, they the, call me Dr. Mom. Yeah, so. it's Dr. Mom and Dr. Dad. There's Dr. Uncle now. They've met, <laughs> they met Dr. Uncle. That's yeah, a Raven's yeah, name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so they're, yeah. they're all, they're integrated at this point. They know you guys pretty but well. Go back to how that all kind of came about. Who, well, that you know. came together. So I went into college in a long distance relationship. And I think that that also kind of drew me back from really putting myself out there, at least for the first few months. Um, so my sweet mate ended up becoming friends with, um, Eric, 
who we all know. And Eric was basically what you were saying, that social butterfly who makes it comfortable for everyone. Mm -hmm. And our me um, and my sweet mate and her friend who she kind of knew from home kind of became a little trio thing. We would go out every now and then meet up with Eric and we just ended up becoming friends with all of his friends. And now our group is what it is. And our group is three girls and like seven guys, but it's, it's great. Yeah. The other have... thing about many people in your group is that you all seem, which I think is important to fully enjoy college in New York city is that you all embrace the city and what the city has to offer. Absolutely. So Absolutely. speak a little bit to your NYU choice and how Mm-hmm. You now feel like Atlanta is a little bit of a small town. Yeah, um, absolutely. So I love New York City since I was a kid. I knew that going into music was kind of the only thing that I had. And I, I it was the only thing that I even really considered because I had no idea what else I would do other than that. Um, so I found that music business major at NYU and I knew I wanted to be in Manhattan just because I had always been raised in a city. Um, last time I lived in a suburb was when I was nine, probably, because I think officially I'm not fifth sure Virginia grade. Highlands even counts. As yeah, right. Suburbs. So I've been, been I've been city. in the city pretty much <laughs> my whole life. And I knew that I wanted that to continue. I wasn't going to go to Auburn. I wasn't going to go to, you know, one of those, you know, Big. yeah, it just wasn't my, it wasn't my vibe. It was never my vibe. So I um, chose NYU, got in and am very, very glad that I did because the college experience just when I talk to my friends is so different than what any of them are are experiencing because there's very little Greek life. There's no kind of formulaic way to meet people or make friends. There's no campus. Nobody wears NYU merch. You have no clue who's a student, a professor, a random stranger. You just don't know. Like you, you can't tell unless they're in the classroom with you. So you have to, you have to, push yourself to meet people either in the dorm, in the classroom, through clubs, whatever. Um, And then when you do make that group of people that are willing to do things, you just have like endless things to do because you have like, I've been to two Michelin star restaurants last semester people, you know, I mean, you're you're in New York city. But if you compare that to other College students around. Plus, your street food is a notch above. Oh, absolutely! Restaurant experience. Yeah, the halal cart on 14th Street. (laughs) Shout out Salim. It's literally the best food ever. You can have it anytime except for Sundays, and they're open to like five in the morning. It's so nice. And also, I mean, the other thing that I've noticed just talking to other friends in college at different schools, I don't have to worry about Ubers. I don't have to worry about any of that stuff it's well, that's true yeah is so good public transportation and you, you can, can walk get, and yeah, yeah you can get anywhere within 30 minutes for two dollars and 75 cents really it's right and there's right. so much to explore and there's also so much that's still coming back like Museum the jazz line, scene is coming back music scene mm-hmm. broadway Yep. I saw, I saw six Broadway shows last semester. Like, I mean, I did a lot and I think about it. I'm like, what did I do this semester? I went to a bunch of really good restaurants, saw some really cool shows, went to a lot of great places. And it's just all those, um, things are just kind of never ending. Most adults listening to this are super jealous. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Sorry guys. Sorry. (laughs) Well, let's, uh, probably 
pause it here and then we'll revisit with Ava after her semester in Prague. Um, Absolutely. Martin, yeah, that should be fairly and interesting. Mark and I are yeah. I'll tell you for all a week about that. so we can talk about that. As yeah. Well. No, that I've be never fun. been to Prague. I've been to Prague very briefly, but I'm excited to actually live there for what, four months? Four months. Yeah, yeah. yeah it should be very cool. I'm looking forward to it. All right, guys. Well, we will be back to revisit some of this in a little while. In a little while. Have a good night. Until then. Thanks for listening and join us again soon to hear more of medicine life as viewed by this paradox.